Um, I think we've reached, uh, uh, if you want a title for it, it's Unstoppable. 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 I think we've reached a moment in this church's life where this church is not going to be stoppable anymore. We've reached that point now. There's, it's not going to be possible to extinguish this church. This church has reached a place where uh, the gates of hell cannot prevail anymore. This church will not die. You can try and kill it, it won't die. You can have all the leaders leave tomorrow, it won't die. And so uh, this teaching is about what God is saying about this church and he wants us to know it. It's very odd to say this about a church. Usually people don't say things like this about this church, but if God wants to say it, who are we to stop him from saying it? And so we've reached a point at Acts 29 where um, this church has become a prevailing church and it will last years and years and years and it's unstoppable. It's one of those um, Numbers 23 moments. So if you turn to Numbers 23, verse 9 and 10. I need more volume because of the mask, man. Numbers 23, verse 9 and 10. Where's Evan? Pardon? Oh. Numbers 23, verse 9 and 10. From the t this is Balaam. Balaam was supposed to curse Israel. And he goes up a mountain and he looks at them. And then he says from there, For from the top of the crags I see Israel. From the hills I behold him. Behold a people dwelling alone and not counting itself among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the upright. Let my end be like his. And so it's almost a sense that even if someone came to curse us, someone came to destroy us, we would still not be extinguished. It is not possible. People will begin to long to be part, not of Acts 29, but to be part of something like this. The, the weight of what I'm saying is incredible. It means that something has been established so deep now that it cannot be removed from the earth. If you're on your phone and you're not paying attention, please pay attention and stop what you're doing. Yeah, because what if this message is from God? What about Numbers 24, 5 to 7? Numbers 24, 5 to 7. How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your encampments, O Israel. Like palm groves that stretch afar, like gardens beside a river, like aloes that the Lord has planted, the cedar trees besides the waters. Water shall flow from his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters. His king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. Again, it is this idea of Balaam being taken to another part of the cliff, and he looks down at Israel, and instead of cursing, he begins to say, man, you guys have turned this place that was a desert into Eden. And that your king, as in whoever leads you, doesn't matter, whoever leads you will be greater than King Agag. Agag was a king who was supposed to be the king over giants. Your king will be greater than Agag. And so it is this idea that we've come to this place now 
where there isn't any going back. Because there'll always be a remnant in this church that'll carry it forward. And the great thing about a remnant is that every successive generation gets more potent because it's like leaven. In the Old Testament, how they used to deal with leaven is they would let some ferment and then they would take a pinch of it and put it in the new batch. Meanwhile, the old one still keeps fermenting. So it would never lessen in its fermentation. It would keep increasing. This is one of those Matthew 16 verse 21 moments where Jesus suddenly realizes that Peter knows that he is Christ, the son of the living God. And verse 60, chapter 16 verse 21 says, Then Jesus set his face like flint towards the cross and he began to tell them, I need to go and die. The point is, we've reached that moment, that threshold, where now, even if all the leaders of all the house churches disappeared tomorrow, this church would not have a problem going forward in great strength because a new wave would come up. So, this is an Isaiah 51, 1 to 5 moment where you're supposed to look back at the quarry that you were cut out from. You're supposed to look back at Abraham, your father, and Sarah, your mother. And God goes on to say in Isaiah 51, verse 2, out of one solitary man, out of one solitary man, I have created a nation. And we're not talking about me. We're talking about how God took nothing and made something out of this. I'll show you some pictures. I'll show you some pictures that will encourage us, I think, because it's encouraged me. Because what we are doing is unstoppable now. Unstoppable. And the earth will continue to benefit for generations. I hope you can own this. If you cannot own it, let me suggest to you that the reasons you cannot own it is because you are not engaged. But are on the outskirts. And if that is you, please, this is your birthright. This is your inheritance. You being on the outskirts doesn't rob you of your inheritance. That's a strange thing. Eh? There's nothing negative in what God has to say to us today. He's not saying, oh, you need to be engaged and stuff like that. He's just saying, this is your inheritance. Doesn't matter whether you're standing far or whether you're standing in the center. This is what has happened to you. Or at present, you don't have faith for it, to believe it. And that's fine, too. He's not condemning you for it. He's just telling you where you're at. Try to own it. Try to own it. I was watching this movie. Um, I think it was on the Gucci family and how they squandered their wealth. And... Um, then there are other families that own their inheritance, where they begin to say, this is important. I will preserve this. This is, people have worked for this. I'll take care of it. That's what I mean by own this. And engage. Any questions before I go on? This is the moment we are in. What a privilege. Do you know what a privilege it is for a pastor to say that we have reached a point in our lives where we are unstoppable, that this church will last for years and years and years, and we've reached a place where we will prevail. The gates of hell cannot overcome us, and that this is unstoppable. Do you know what a privilege that is? Do you know that even churches in the book of Revelation couldn't say that because they dried up?
don't for a moment think this was done by me. It's not possible. It is the work of the Spirit amongst the people. A pastor does not make a church. He can lay good foundations. But this is the work of God amongst the people. You need to own this. You need to carry it well. You need to participate in what God is saying. If he says it's unstoppable, then what is waiting? If he says it's unstoppable, then think of what is waiting. Make adjustments, posture correctly so that you can participate in what God is doing. You reach critical mass where now there's no going back because you understood as a church the mission of the Spirit. You understood the movement of the Spirit. You understood the mission of the Spirit. You understood the movement of the Spirit. And you understood what it means to be men and women of the Spirit. And if you haven't, don't worry. If you're part of this church, it is going to flow over you. Whether you stay in it or not is completely up to you. But you cannot avoid it. It's like standing at the beach. The wave will come, your feet will get drenched. The degree to which you get drenched is completely up to you, but you will not be deprived of it. Nobody at present connected with this church will be disqualified, regardless of whether you're a one-time visitor or a 20-time visitor. Fact remains that this is going to wash over you. How much you engage is completely up to you, but you will not miss it. Poor Jeremy, he's going to Toronto at this time. Oh, poor guy. But it doesn't matter who leaves, it's unstoppable. Any questions? Um, if you're on the outskirts, how do you engage? I think part of the responsibility is upon the rest of the family to engage those that are on the outskirts. So it is my job to go and say to Sam, hey Sam, why are you disengaged? And pull him in. Sometimes uh, pull him in uh, struggling, sometimes pull him in willingly, sometimes bribe him with uh, a burger, but get him engaged. Will the burger work? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was easy, Sam. <laughs> it would work with me too. Yeah. Uh, be men and women of the Spirit. Yeah. Second last, movement of the Spirit. Movement. So, how do you engage those that are on the fringes? One, by tr do, as, as a group of people trying to draw them in. Two, uh, making them jealous. Paul talked about it. He says one of the ways to engage people is to make them jealous. He said, when my Jewish brothers see what is happening amongst us, it will make them jealous. And three, by always trying to give people a taste of what is happening. A taste of what is happening. People won't eat something till you tell them it tastes good. And then they have to taste it. So those are three ways to engage people. But it won't be taken away from them. The opportunity will always be there. I can't find a word in this thing which condemns, which says, ah, you won't qualify. 
everybody qualifies, but the degree to which you engage, and it's my responsibility to call you out when you don't engage so that you don't think you're engaged when you're not. But it still won't rob you. So why does God think we are unstoppable? Here are some of the reasons he gave. One, he said you're a good seed. And you're beginning to willingly die to things so that my life can resurrect what is required. You're a good seed. You're a good seed. And you're willingly dying to things so that my resurrection life takes over. You're willingly dying to things. You're willingly dying to your jobs. You're willingly dying to your security. You're willingly dying to putting your family, your work, your possessions, your money first. You're willingly dying to uh, self. You're willingly dying to being the authority in your life. You're willingly dying to controlling your time. You're willingly dying to keeping your homes as if they were your castles. You're willingly dying. And because you're willingly dying, it makes my resurrection power unstoppable. This church is willingly dying. It's reached a mass where if there are 50 people in this church, it's almost like 40 are doing it. The 10 that don't will still get the same benefits. It's gotten to that point. This is great, man. Always, oh yeah, we won't go there today. There's nothing to condemn today. We'll condemn next week. Yeah. So one of the things God is really uh, thrilled with is that death is um, a crucial part of this church. Dying to things is really something that this church um, is dealing with. Because as long as the casing on a seed is not destroyed, its potential as a seed is aborted. And the strange thing is, when seed falls on ground, the casing is destroyed and the seed sprouts. And he's saying, you guys are doing this. I see how selfless you are. I see how you're not greedy. I see how you're not afraid. I see a lack of fear and I see great belief and very little unbelief. When you're pushed into situations, instead of backing off, you actually step into water. I'm seeing it. It's become unstoppable now. Do you know how long he hunts for a people like this? Every generation he goes looking for a people like this. Where does that come from? First Chronicles 16.9. What does it say? My eyes roam to and fro, looking for someone who is loyal to me, on whose behalf I can prove myself strong. And he's finally found it. He can't say what he said in Isaiah. I have looked for a people and I could not find one. He can't do that anymore. And he's thrilled with that. Someone should write a song saying, Father, you can't say that anymore. Da, 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 da. You can't say that anymore because he's found a people. But it's a people he created. A shepherd should feel, be like a sheep. That's why I'm wearing a mask because all of you are wearing masks. No, I'm just kidding. That had nothing to do with nothing. Moving on. Um, Children born here will become sons that give their lives away. Children born here. And when I say children, I don't mean the Sunday school kids alone. Anybody new that comes here, it'll be that same scripture from Isaiah 9, 6. Unto us a child is born, but unto us a son is given. Your children will come here. And they will 
give their lives away. You watch these kids, eh? You watch the three kids of the Dirks, the kids that uh, Subin and Shika have, Phoebe. You watch these kids. You watch what's going to happen to them. You parents will think to yourself, my God, what did I do wrong? Because they're giving things away. They'll empty themselves. They will empty themselves. Why? Because they have learned from you. I wish you live long enough to see this. Any questions? From, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, the person that is not engaging uh, hasn't tasted because of not coming in. It's not because of a lack of incentive, it's not because of a lack of opportunity. But sometimes I hold myself back from engaging because of my fears or because of my uh, prejudices and preferences. Well then, it is my job to then grab him by his wrist and drag him. You're supposed to be dragged, man. <laughs> so, to be dragged into, into the thing. So, I would rather have us take the onus and keep trying, keep trying and failing. When it fails, you're not responsible, but it won't be a lack of trying. Rather than put, for some strange reason, God is not in a mood to blame anybody today. He's saying, hey, if someone is disengaged, you go get them and keep dragging them in till they come. I'll hold them responsible when they keep saying no. But that's not your problem. Your problem is to keep dragging them in. And changing however you need to so you can accommodate them. Because I would rather, as a pastor, put the blame on the person who's not engaging. But my boss says, no, you go engage them. From now on, any seed you sow will be impregnated with the word multiply. From now on, any seed you sow. I'm not talking about spiritual seed. I'm saying to you, because this thing has become unstoppable, Always remember, guys, the way this thing works in the kingdom is very simple. And it's very true. And uh, we don't think it's real, but the sooner we believe it, the easier it is. Heaven comes upon uh, people. And then he, God is saying right now, you have become unstoppable. It's a people who are affected. It's not an individual. It's a people who are affected. Inheritance is always given to the entire family. That's the great thing about it. So every seed that you sow, be it spiritual seed, be it financial seed, be it mm, rel relational seed, every seed you sow will be impregnated with the word multiply. Will be impregnated by God with the word multiply so that it becomes almost impossible for things you do not to bear fruit. Try it out. I'm trying it out. I'm seeing tremendous results. Anywhere I sow, I'm getting fruit that I don't, haven't worked for. I'm talking about any kind of fruit.
why is this going to happen? Because multiplication really, multiplication is basically the transfer of the life of God into a situation or a people, into a people or a situation. That's what multiplication is. That's how we become unstoppable. He has somehow been able to create us as a people amongst whom he can do this. And he's saying, hey, it's unstoppable now. He says, if Jacob left, you wouldn't miss a beat. The quality of teaching might go down a little for a little while, and even that will come up. Because Jacob's a good teacher. He is. You can smile behind those masks. My God, tough crowd. Any questions? So position yourself. Eh? One of the ways things multiply is by positioning myself correctly. And what do I mean positioning myself? How am I uh, doing uh, in relation to God, in relation to the body, in relation to what God is doing? How do I... Uh, multiplication, if you want multiplication to really hit you hard. Three things. How do I position myself with God? Am I in relationship with Him so that His life that is being transferred and His life is overflowing flows through me and things begin to just get so saturated or irrigated or fertilized with his life that they begin to multiply. Second, how am I relating to the body? Because God works upon a people. It is God who worked with Israel to give them their inheritances, but the inheritance was given as a promised land to a people, and then it was allotted. Same principle applies continuously. Please don't think that's not true. It's absolutely true. It is pointless having an inheritance that you do not cultivate. What's the point of getting a piece of land that does not bear anything but thorns and thistles? It is still your inheritance, but you won't even be able to sell it because inheritances are not sold. In the kingdom, inheritances are not sold. You can't get a property in the kingdom and say, I'm going to wait till the price of land goes up and I'll sell it. You cannot sell your inheritance in the kingdom of God. You can only cultivate it. And at the end of the day, an account must be given for the cultivation of your inheritance. And then how do I position myself with the kairos of God or the movements of God on earth? How am I positioning myself? What if Jacob is saying the absolute truth and that we have become unstoppable? How do I position myself? What do I change? What arrangement do I make? What do I give up? How do I position myself to be caught up in this whirlwind from heaven? What adjustments do I need to make? Okay, so how do we figure it out? So when something happens, we have a general picture of it. We know how to position ourselves for what might happen with Ukraine. We know how to position our cars so that we get to the uh, um, um, SO station quickly because the price of gas fell by two cents. It's now two dollars instead of two dollars nine cents. We position ourselves generically 
continuously in life. And in the same way in the church, there are generic spiritual pictures that God is presenting. And let's just start there. Let's just start there. As in, and don't ask me to spell it out, because one of the things God wants his church to do, because we've gotten to this place, is, okay, Father, so what are you doing at this particular stage? Just looking at some of the messages will give you an idea. Just looking at some of the movements will give you an idea. The thing is, one of the things that may change is we will not be spoon-fed. We'll have to go look. What are you doing, O God? I'm continuously looking at your lives and saying, what are you doing with this person or that person, Father? Is this the right time? Should I push? Should I not push? Should I wait? I'm doing that with each of you on a regular basis. This is why I get paid the big bucks. I'm trying to see three months ahead to see whether Tuni and Anle should come back now or now or now. That's how you position. It is hard work, but my God, we have grown up enough for some hard work now. There are enough spiritual generalities in this church for us to begin to figure out where we're going, where the Spirit of God is going, the movement of the Spirit. The other thing that will happen in this church because of the unstoppable nature of what God is doing is that your lives will abound with great expectancy. Your lives will abound with great expectancy. Your lives will abound with great expectancy. Why? Because God is saying, you know my nature. And anybody who knows the nature of God will now begin to engage in great exploits. Daniel chapter 11. Those that know their God will do mighty exploits. Great expectancy will begin to grab your heart. When great expectancy comes, with that comes um, a greater faith to attempt things you would never attempt. Daniel chapter 11 talks about how those that know their God will do mighty exploits. Great expectancy. What you used to expect was um, five things. Now you expect eight things because you have the faith for it. It's unstoppable. Hey, this is the work of the Spirit of God. So what the Spirit of God begins to do is it begins to extend your ability to see what God has or what is possible in God. He begins to extend it. We went from $1,800 at Pilgrim to $6,500 a year. That's not a twice. That's not even thrice. That's like four times almost. How do you do stuff like that? How do you do stuff like that when it's COVID and nobody is... Um, it's not like... Everybody was coming to Acts 29. How do you do stuff like that? Expectancy increases. When expectancy increases, the largeness of your faith increases. When the largeness of your faith increases, exploits increase. You cannot do this in isolation. It is something that begins to sweep an entire people. And if you're connected, it becomes easier. If you're not connected, you have to struggle harder. But it's still yours. Any questions? Daniel eleven thirty two. 
Here's another thing that God is saying will happen. Uh, your eyes of faith will see the storehouse behind your storehouse. As in, your eyes of faith will begin to see the little you have and not despise it. And you will have the ability to take risks with your resources. You will have the ability to take risks with your resources. You will not despise the widow's little jug of oil because you know that the storehouse behind the jug of oil is greater than the granaries of the Egyptian empire. Your view of how you see abundance is going to change because it will no longer be based on your lack or your plenty. You will be able to see the storehouse behind your storehouse. Resources will begin to flow because when God becomes unstoppable, you will be surprised at how resources are available. When God becomes unstoppable, resources are always available. Resources to do the things he wants you to do become available. You won't have to raise funds, you won't have to bake, you won't have to wash cars. Unstoppable. It's impossible to function in, on earth, in the kingdom, without resources. Impossible. A lack of provision will shackle kingdom activity. A lack of provision shackles kingdom activity. Provision is required, and provision will come. Most of you are great givers, huh? I don't look at who gives how much, because I don't want to be influenced in what I say or do or in my relationship with you, but most of you are great givers. Uh, some of you who are capable are not giving. I don't know who, but I know that is true. But most of us are great givers. But now watch as the unstoppable begins to take over and your ability to receive resources and expend them will increase. Why did I bring up this thing of some of us are not giving even though we have the capacity to give? Because you will find it difficult to handle the resources that comes our way. If you haven't learned to give, you will not learn how to handle the resources that come your way. They will turn to gravel or they will go into your bank and stay there and it will rot. It will rot and it will rot you. That's the strange thing with giving. If you haven't been giving, then when the resources are released, because this is part of the unstoppable church we've become, I literally want to change the name of the church to unstoppable, but that might create its own problems. Um, what will happen is if you aren't a giver, if you haven't been given, even though you have the ability to give, if you haven't been giving, as this begins to happen, the money will rot with you or it will turn into gravel. As in, it won't taste good. Just be aware of that. These are side realities, but it still doesn't uh, opt you out of what God is going to do. I want to show you some pictures. Go ahead, next one. He already showed you this. You know, this picture here, the one, um, I wish I had a pointer. That first one there. Oh, there's a little one there. I want to show you wha what Unstoppable looks like. This is how Bahrain started. This was Bahrain in 2009. 
Let me tell you why unstoppable happens. Unstoppable happens because people grab the vision of God and it doesn't matter what it costs them. They'll continue to do it again and again and again and again. They'll continue at it. There's a relentlessness, there's a persistence that is unstoppable in you because you have recognized what needs to be done. That was 2008 or 2009. All these other guys have gone. The only ones remaining were Dano and this guy called Brian. Then Dano began to establish the foundations of the church in Bahrain. That was the group that started. Used to go down once every three months. Look what it is now, man. This is unstoppable. If this is what it was then, you cannot even imagine what's going to happen next. We have become good seed. Any of you planted anywhere will not be able to stop production. This is the church in Dubai. Move to the next one. Mongolia, same thing. Met two people. One of the things to be unstoppable is, God, you said it, we obeyed. No questions asked. You do not need to explain anything to us. Whatever you say, we will do, we will go. No questions asked. No planning if you're not asked to plan. Go to Mongolia. Even today, there's a Bible college in Mongolia called Telios that we started here that's graduating students. Guess what this is? Mongolian leaders from all over Europe. Between 2013 and 2019, this happened. Never thought, who would have ever thought that this tiny church would have influence among Mongolian leaders from all over Europe? We have become unstoppable. Jacob, aren't you scared of saying this because it sounds proud? I would never dare say it. I struggled. I woke up at 6 this morning to write this message. And I had more than four days to prepare a message. I went through all my old notes, thought, let me cut and paste and make a good message. But I had to wait till this, because this is, feels uncomfortable to say that we are a church that has become unstoppable. Next picture. This is just the past. Met a skinny-looking guy. <laughs> through Derek. I was also skinny then. That went to this, went to this. Unstoppable. It is not possible to stop this church anymore. What do I mean when I say church? People, us, it is not possible. This church cannot be stopped. Good seed, man, good seed. You are good seed. Whether you want to fall on the ground and be planted is up to you. But you are good seed. Next one. Look, 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 look how things happen. I'm not even supposed to meet this guy. He's not someone I'm supposed to meet. I'm only supposed to meet him. And he was the only one who couldn't speak English. Even this guy could speak English. But it starts here, then it goes here, then it goes here, and then it goes here last week. It is unstoppable. Remember this thing, guys. One, God loves working with remnants. You have become a remnant. You are good seed. Two, he will keep doing this again and again the same way. Start from small. Make it big. Unstoppable. Please believe me when I say 
that if all the leaders left tomorrow, you would still continue what God has started. Because it's a movement of the Spirit and the mission of the Spirit and the work of the Spirit in people understanding that they are men and women of the Spirit. This is all wrong. I would rather keep correcting you. That's not how God is seeing it. Move. Ha. 2009. Met this guy. Didn't know who I was. I didn't know who he was. 2020, just before COVID broke out. A whole denomination, 13,000 people. How does this church influence that church? You're talking about 80, 80 churches, a whole denomination. How? Something is afoot, guys, and this is the past. And God has never said this about us. This is the past. Keep going. I want to show us our beginnings. Yesterday I was driving Finn and Evan uh, on River Road. And as I was driving over River Road, I thought to myself, man, Evan has no idea where we started. There was a tiny little um, room like this. That was the size of the room. More than eight people would break fire laws. But to get to eight people took us two years, so it was all right. <laughs> but that led to this, or these two would always turn up, unfortunately. So you had to have a full service. This led to that, led to that. This is our roots, guys. You, you need, now in retrospect, I was just thinking that Feb 16th or thereabouts was the 16th year of us being around. Because we started Feb 2006. Now when I look back, I realize why God took his own sweet time growing this church. Because now he's gotten to a point 16 years later, which is a very short time for a church. And he's saying to us, hey, your roots are so deep and you have understood how to do things so well that now this is not possible to stop. You're unstoppable. Man, if you're part of this church, count yourself blessed, eh? It's so wrong saying things like this about our own church. Next one. Dayton. Small group. It'll grow. Same way. Unstoppable. Anyone that connects, unstoppable. These guys, brilliant. Jeremy introduced me to them. Met them in Toronto. You watch. Within the next year, what will happen in Toronto among young people there. And everything goes back to one thing. I am igniting a revival amongst 20s, 30s, and 40s. You will see that connection too. I'm glad Jeremy is going back. LA, you will see the influence that will happen there. Nashville, small group. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Across the earth, guys. Across the earth. Across the earth. Think of it. You engage, you will go. So one of the best ways to not go is to not engage. I knew a lady, I think Joan knows her too. She was once uh, prophesied over, someone went and prophesied on her saying, if you stop chewing gum, God will make a profit out of you. She got so scared, she started chewing gum like crazy. So, so 
If you engage, you will go. So the best way not to go is to not get engaged. Yeah? Don't not get engaged, huh? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> moving on to the next one. <laughs> next one. Uh, these are places that, some, some places you just water, eh? UK, South Africa, Lithuania, Burma, Indonesia. Keep moving. Malaysia. Nepal, Kenya. I mean, it's crazy. Just think of it, guys. How many are we? Why am I showing you these pictures? Because we are some of the most understated, non-presumptive people, so we don't realize what God has already done. I'm the only presumptuous guy in this church. Everyone else is humble. This is when you say no, Jacob. <laughs> but not a peep out of anybody. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Next one. Australia today is a result. Australia, the things that are happening in Sydney and Brisbane today. Sydney has about 15 people in their church. Brisbane has five. What is happening in Sydney and Brisbane today was because of a trip done ages ago where you had no one to meet. And the only person I met was this one guy. And he was going to shut down his church. And I go meet him and I give him a word. And in the word it says, you're going to shut down your church. God is saying, keep it open. It blew his mind. He said, come and tell the church about it. And he went and confessed before the church that the church was going to shut the next, he was going to make an announcement on Sunday that the church was shutting. That was like, what, 10 years ago, 11 years ago? Guys, one of the things we must remember, unstoppable doesn't mean immediate. Unstoppable means it is inevitable. Think like this, eh? Sometimes things may take eight or nine years, but it is inevitable. Brisbane. Christchurch, New Zealand, Hanoi, keep going. And look at the number of generations in this church. Eh? We've got five generations, man, at present. We've got people who were there before us, people now, older, younger, younger, younger. When I say five generations, I do not mean five generations of kids. I mean people that are growing in the ways of God. Please understand what I mean by generations. I do not mean generations as an age. I mean people that are growing in the ways of God. I was watching last time's video, and I see Ruth come up and talk, and I'm thinking to myself, I've known this lady for 30 years. And to hear how she was doing was a blessing to my heart. And then you've got Jeremy, who puts his shoes on the pulpit. Oh, sorry, Evan. You've got Mia and Phoebe doing their thing. Okay, moving on. This is why New York is so absolutely doable. This is the first time we went to New York. And Sheldon just reminded me that we were standing in Times Square and praying. One of the, one of the things that uh, we said in prayer as Father, what David Wilkerson could not commit, complete, you have sent us to complete. I'd completely forgotten about that. 
34 neighborhoods in Manhattan will have a house church in each of those neighborhoods in the next four years. Unstoppable. I was so blessed with this word as I read it. I thought, Father, it's not possible to do this. I don't even know how to get 34 people. To get two people is difficult. God is saying, hey, unstoppable. Every neighborhood in Manhattan by 2026 will have a couple that understand your ways of doing things, Acts 29, and you will plant a seed so deep that Manhattan will not be the same for the next 60, 70 years because it will continuously have my presence because of what you're doing. You have become unstoppable. I am so encouraged with New York. I am so confident of what will happen there. Any cost is payable then, guys. Guys, very few in this church know the cost I'm paying for this. I'm talking about financial cost. I'm talking about physical cost. I'm talking about spiritual cost. You have no idea. One day I'll tell you. But it, it, it runs into thousands and thousands. And it runs into a lot of things that this is not the time to talk about. But it is worth paying the cost. Why am I saying that to you? Because you will have to pay the cost too when things become unstoppable. then all this raising of hands will have to be That's a karate move in case you didn't know what that was. No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, next one. This was a place called Ras Al Khaimah. It's the highest point in UAE. We stood there and we stopped certain things that are going to happen in UAE and then began to install people that needed to be installed to take charge of things in UAE and in Oman. I put this picture here because this is in Abu Dhabi, a neighboring um, emirate. Um, three years ago, these two decided that they would move to Abu Dhabi, move their business. We, I went there, they rented a hall and they said, we're going to start church. They rented a hall, sat there for three hours. We had a full-fledged service. Nobody else came. I put that picture up because it's unstoppable. I want you to know that in a few months from now, I'll show you what the picture looks like. I want this picture as proof it is unstoppable. There are other things happening. Sometimes God changes rulers to open up nations. There's a new ruler who now has um, reign over Saudi Arabia. Guess where I'm going a few months from now, to Jeddah, which was impossible to do some weeks ago. There is no nation that will be spared this church and its influence because of its unstoppability. Hi, walk right in. Any other pictures? Yeah, we got keys, man. We got keys. Run with it. End of this month, guess we are, where we're going? Um, Betty and uh, Heidi and Jeevan are going to Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Guess where Jill is going? Back to Japan. She doesn't know it, but she knows it now. <laughs> That's why there was a moment of silence there. Next one. Oh, sorry. This I don't know how this got in there. <laughs> oh, the white shoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
This, this one? Or this one? I, I think how we do things will still be small that becomes big. That one small unit will go different places and will begin to replicate the same thing. One of the things when I was talking to Jeevan about the church he wants to, I, I was saying I, I need to push you out so you can start building a brand new church. Um, he said, Jacob, I don't want to do it in a building. Because he said the only way to do it is do it the way of house churches. So many of the things we do, unstoppable, will be going back to the blueprint of the New Testament and do it the way the New Testament does it. Here are some things to guard against. We won't go into details, I'm just writing it down. Guard against Leviathan, which is a king over children of pride. Children of pride. Guard against Leviathan. So that when I have brought you into places where you had wells that you did not dig, vineyards that you did not cultivate, houses that you did not build, may you not turn around and say, that my hands achieved this. God against Leviathan, king of the children of pride. So why am I calling it Leviathan? Because these are powers. These are powers that will attack anything that is unstoppable. These are powers that will attack. Think of what I'm saying, guys. That this church has become unstoppable. Something that is unstoppable and at the command of God to do whatever he wants. Job 27. To do whatever he wants. Job 27. Verse 11 and 12. No. Uh, Job. It isn't Job. Maybe it's 32. Job. Where's the thing where he says, I take the clouds and make. Job 37. Verse 11 and 12. Job 37, verse 11 and 12. He loads the thick clouds with moisture. The clouds scatter his lightning. They turn around and around by his guidance to accomplish all that he commands them on the face of the habitable world, whether for correction or for his land or for love, he causes it to happen. That's what I mean by unstoppable at his disposal. If unstoppable and at his command, then know that there will be powers that oppose and also know that powers will oppose. How do powers oppose? So when God deals with something, he deals with the people. And when he deals with the people, he may first begin to influence the leaders, but he deals with the people. When the enemy attacks, the enemy tries to attack individuals who have influence. So that what can be done through an individual will begin to spread in a group of people. That's how the enemy works. God works with the people. The enemy works with individuals. He uses individuals to begin to affect the entire batch. So, we, so there should be a way we begin to understand that there are powers that will come against us. One of the powers is Leviathan, king of pride. Second one, a tolerance of Jezebel. 
a tolerance of Jezebel. What does that personify? It personifies a defiance and a hissing against order. A hissing against order. A tolerance of fear of Jezebel. Often what happens in a church is sometimes it's not even tolerance. It's just a fear of hurting people that prevents you from dealing with it. A tolerance or a fear of Jezebel. It is a power. It is a spirit. It has the ability to defy order, to break down structure, to bring in, uh, to, bring in to lower standards. It hisses at order. Literally like a snake, it hisses at order. Three. This is scary for Acts 29. We've got to guard against this. Godliness without power. Godliness without power. Where we have such rich teachings and we know how to go and give those teachings elsewhere, but we don't have power. Godliness without power. We've got to solve that one because very often uh, the ways we function, power doesn't seem to be as evident as it should. Power doesn't seem to be as evident when Jesus walked the earth. There's a gap there in our lives. That must be spanned. These are things to guard against. The next one is aversion to growth through training. Aversion to growth through training. Why is this important? Because, because if you don't grow through training, you will, even though you are a son, be treated as a slave because it says in Galatians 4, till the son comes to an age of maturity, his inheritance cannot be given to him and he's as good as a slave. Aversion to growth through training. And the last one. Um, people want to grow, but they want to grow without training. And that won't happen. Pardon? Uh, instruction and discipline. But not discipline as in punishment. Discipline as in don't eat um, chocolates th uh, in, throughout the day. Or don't start your day with dessert, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which, of course, I would never do. Yeah. And the last one. This is a very odd one. I think I should say it. This church will do serious damage to Freemasonry. I don't even know what that means, but this church will serious do serious damage to Freemasonry. It'll be one of our, it'll, it'll be one of the battles we win. Serious damage to Freemasonry. I don't know what it means. Or, or how it'll play out. Meaning, I know what it means, but I don't know how it'll play out. We see that as an enemy we will beat. 
Let me conclude. Each of you is a valid spirit, man or woman. Your good seed, says the Lord. I could take you today with all your warts and pimples and plant you and you would bear good fruit. Just listen to that, eh? You are valid spirit men and women. I could take you today with all your warts and pimples and you would still end up, you would still end up bearing fruit. You have nothing to prove. You just go as seed that already has my nature, understands my ways, knows the movement of my spirit. You have nothing to prove. You go as seed. You carry my nature. Your only requirement that I'll keep asking of you is to die and be nothing. To die and be nothing. To die and be nothing. You keep doing that, I'll produce the crop. Because that's what a seed does. A seed has in it the gene package that I put in it that will perpetuate after my kind, says God. And you're already that. Your job is to keep dying to everything that has to do with self. Keep becoming nothing. Any one of you I could take and you would be able to... Here's a crazy thing. Anyone who's engaged with Acts 29, and let me just put that as a, as a qualifier. If you're actually engaged with Acts 29, if you understand the ways of Acts 29, if you don't, and if you're a newbie, you're forgiven. But if you have engaged, anyone in this church who is taken and planted anywhere can produce the same thing. Just think of that, guys. I could take Jill, I could take Echo, I could take Finn, I could take Chava, I could take Sam, who's only been here for a while. I could take any of you and put you in a certain ground and you would produce the same thing through your personality. The personality would be different. But you would produce the same thing because the essence is already entered. That's why it's unstoppable. That's why it's unstoppable. I remember listening to, what's her name? Matt, what's your wife's name? Rachel. I remember listening to Rachel in Vernon. We had gathered all the leaders of Vernon around, and Rachel was beginning to tell Vernon about Acts 29 and how Acts 29 functions. I texted Matt saying, man, you have no idea what your wife is doing here. Rachel doesn't attend services too often. She's got her hands full. But as I was listening to her in Vernon, I thought to myself, how did she get this? Some of you were there. And she's a Vernon girl. Something has happened, guys. This is unstoppable. So I'll end with this one line. Genesis 128 the first part. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. God blessed them 
and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it because I give you permission because you have become unstoppable. In your core, in your nucleus, you have what it takes. Sure, part of Jacob's job is to keep correcting, keep adjusting, but you need to know and place what Jacob is saying against the backdrop of what I'm saying right now, that you have become unstoppable. You will perpetuate my kind. Your children will not look like you, they will look like me, because you've gotten it. Any questions? Any comments? Anyone wants to add anything? No? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone else wants to add anything? <coughs> 